Hi, my name is Nate Cordry. I host a podcast. It's called Reading Aloud. It's happening right now. And this week's episode is a book club episode. We're following the classics. Last week we had, uh, we did Fitzgerald's, last month we did Fitzgerald's um, The Great Gatsby. Sam, has it uh, stayed with you or, or have you, is it just like wiped out of your brain? You haven't thought about it once since we did the book club. Uh, no, it stayed with me. I've, uh, I've seen that Daisy Girl in Hollywood several times. Yeah. And every time I'm like, I hate that character. Yeah, I fucking hate you. <laughs> um, I went out and bought like an 18 by 24 black and white like poster of her? Of her, no, of um, of F. Scott Fitzgerald, like, like the year before he died, and I framed it, and it's hanging in my office in my home now. Jeez Louise! So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in. I am full. I'm fully into uh, into Fitzgerald and his greatness. It appears so. Um, but we're moving on from Fitzgerald. We're moving to Hemingway. But before that, a little announcement: there is a live show uh, next Thursday, March twenty fourth. Uh, it's at, uh, where is this place? La Brea, 144 South La Brea, uh, in Hollywood, March 24th, Thursday at 7 p.m. Uh, we're doing a live podcast, uh, in association with Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. They've taken over this, um, uh, like art gallery for a month to promote their new album. And so Tuesdays through Saturdays, they're asking their friends to come and put on live shows and events. And there's music and art and like guitar lessons and all kinds of crazy shit. And so they asked me to do a live show. So we're going to do a live show there. Um, Seth Morris and Elle Woods, uh, Ann Lane, Lauren Dunnitz, Aaron and Melissa will be performing, um, Neil and John, uh, who have a, a show on True TV called D-Sides. They'll be uh, performing as well. So that is 7 p.m., March 24th, uh, 144 South La Brea. Come check it out. Um, and now we're moving on to the book club. I want to introduce my two guests today who are newbies to the book club, but not to book clubs, period. They've experienced book clubs before. Yes or no, or not at all. Um, oh. Yeah, Rachel and I are both in a book club. Uh, we do like the, you know, D- Diane Diane Steele and um, D- yeah, Danielle. Danielle, Danielle Daniela Daniela Steele. Yeah, yeah. She writes. She's a children's author. Yeah, she's. <laughs> it's a children's book club. Like we just read children's books. <laughs> we, We're on yeah. everybody poops next week, <laughs> which I have not started yet. Have you read Go the Fuck to Sleep? And uh, <laughs> yeah, the Dark yeah. Vader is. Yeah, like, we started with that. Sure, of That's course. The, the classics. You're listening to the voices of Rachel Axler and Rob Cordry. Um, hi guys. Hi. hi. Uh, Rachel is a writer. She's just finished working on Veep, and it's all. It's all done. Uh, they're they're editing, but I am all done. Um, yeah, season five, just uh, we just finished it. When did they finish? A couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And when does it air? The summer. Uh, April twenty fourth. Wow, that's fast. Yeah. That's a quick turnaround. Yeah. Well, we finished episode one uh, quite a bit ago, but you know, episode gotcha. ten was recent. Yeah. <laughs> and this was exciting this year because you shot at Paramount. You didn't have to go to Baltimore. Baltimore, yeah. So. People didn't have, though the writers wouldn't have had to travel, well, or did they? We all the writers pretty much were new this year because we had um, they had a, a British writing staff. Yeah, almost I know, disgusting. Almost a hundred percent British. I think I think a hundred percent British writing staff the year before, and then um, I think everyone sort of decided that they wanted to actually see their families back in London. So mm. um, they okay. hired a new showrunner who hired a new staff. So it was a bunch of new people this year. So none of us had actually experienced Baltimore. 
Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but you're on set giving like alts and stuff. Yeah. As the, the writing staff is there present during shooting. Yeah. So. yeah and with our mutual friend, Jim Margolis, who Correct. was... Correct. You know, what was his... Uh, what was his... Um, duties was he show running or was he no, producing? No, no, he's a uh, uh, catering. I think yeah, caterer. He was our our head caterer. I think he was co EP, but don't quote me on that. But sure, he's a uh, his job was basically if I can he take a, a guess, he was just going. I don't know. <laughs> he was extremely good at giving um, giving perspective on sort of DC <laughs> stuff. No, I'm, I'm actually I'm very serious. No, about yeah. that. he's a so he was one of the writers and a producer as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Margolis worked with all, all three of us at the Daily Show right. for a lot of years, and before that, he was at 60 Minutes, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. 60 Minutes to the Daily Show to other knows shows. Knows a lot about the politics. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Rob Cordry is a guest here. He's also a brother. Um, how are you? <laughs> you can make his black. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hi. Uh, when was nice the last to time? Meet you. Thank nice you to meet you for having me on your um, podcast. When was the last time you were in a book club, like an active book club? Never. Never. Not no, once. Never been in a book club. I'd love to be. When you were living in New York with all your like your you know downtown actor friends who were into drugs. In- into drugs. Yeah, we were into drugs. I'm, surpri- <laughs> um, I'm surprised there wasn't a book club amongst that creative group. Mm, no. No, no. No, the closest we ever got was uh, we, we for years, were talking about uh, uh, doing a comedy version of Hamlet. Hamlet? Or was it Romeo and Juliet? I'm not sure. <laughs> One of the two. And and we were like, plan- we even had a reading of it. I think, were you there? You may have even been there, Nate. Like. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, we had it what like at the it? UCB theater. We, oh. I was like, let's. It's it's a really funny play, and I let's read it together, um, and see. And then after hearing it read, I was like, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> it is five acts. That's a, that's a. There's not jokes everywhere. There are a lot of jokes, but there. Yeah, there's a lot of murder but, and. Sadness. But also, like comedians don't necessarily know their way around Shakespeare as much as like <laughs> a Shakespearean actor. I feel like uh, that would have been fun to watch though. <laughs> yeah, right? That would have been the comedy of it. To see Andy Daly stumble through, um, you know, <laughs> Leontes or something. I like mean, that would possibly been... better in a way. I don't know. I feel like that I feel maybe, like that might be really interesting. Maybe I chose the wrong person. Andy Secunda. Oh, never mind. Oh, yeah. no, God, no. Very difficult. Uh, Sam is back. Sam is... Uh, I'm back. S- Sam is back. Sam was here last month for the book club. He's here again. Um, he has a copy, a worn copy of uh, Through All the Harms in front of him, mm-hmm. his highlighted passages. <laughs> Just uh, to begin, um, a little background on our boy, uh, Hemingway, uh, a, a lover of long, luxurious hair, evidently. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never wanted to date a woman with long, beautiful hair and comb her hair before, but after reading this, I'm inspired. Uh, 1899 uh, to 1961, he was born in Illinois in a suburb of Chicago. Uh, he died uh, in Ketchum, Idaho, of a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head, same way his father, <laughs> sister, and brother died. He will have control over his own demise. Yeah, yes, he will. <laughs> he spoke some truth. Uh, his entire family, except his mother, killed themselves. Um, Her mo- his mother, I think, just slowly killed herself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah by a Not def- a happy family. No. They all suffered from this disease, hemochromatosis 
which is an overload of iron in the blood, and it fucks up the brain. And they all went slowly mad, and they were like, God. this is, it's not worth living. It they depletes all... you of your adjectives, like, one and... by one. <laughs> 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 well done. Uh, well done. Um, he won the Nobel Prize in 1954. Uh, some of his famous works include The Sun Also Rises, which I prefer. For Whom the Bell Tolls, <laughs> The Old Man in the Sea, A Movable Feast, um... Death in the Afternoon, which is about bullfighting and so on. He was present at the landing on Normandy on D-Day, as well as the liberation of Paris. He's writing for Time magazine. Um, and, uh, and he got his start as a journalist, which I think is very important. I feel like that's the foundation of his whole game. He was a journalist for the Kansas City Star. Um, and he had to write short sentences and short paragraphs because he was writing for telegrams. Mm because he was trying to sell newspapers and tell the story, he had to keep it as small and tight and concise. He only had a certain amount of words. Um, and his writing style is more famous, perhaps, than the stories that he's told. Um, and I found this quote online. Uh, the overriding theme of his stories and books was grace under pressure. Uh, the ability to remain calm and competent in the face of life-threatening violence. Like the ultimate masculinity is to be cool when shit's going down. Mm -hmm. Be cool, keep it simple, everything's fine. Um, and that sort of is the foundation, I think, of most of his books are about whether mm -hmm. it's fighting a bull or being at war or trying to catch a marlin. It's just like it gets real small. Mm -hmm. It's about like what's in my hand and the rope and we're going to be polite, everything's going to be fine. Um, uh, it was published, this book was published in 1929 on the day the stock market crashed, <laughs> which is fucking incredible. Um, an instant success, however, and it made him uh, an international star. Um, the war novel is not a new idea, um, obviously, but Hemingway's take, I think, was, which I think is why this book is compelling. But I think you have to look at it historically and not so much on the merits of the story on mm -hmm. its own. Um, but I want to talk about baggage before we get into the book. I wondered if all of us, uh, Rachel, you had said you have some background with this book. Well, I, I don't remember reading it in high school. I remembered reading something by Hemingway in high school and hating it. And I, I, just, I just texted my high school best friend and asked her, and apparently it was this, but I didn't remember it at all. <laughs> um, what I remembered was severely disliking it yeah. um, and and um, sort of making fun of Hemingway for the next several years, basically going like, it was mud. All was dirt. <laughs> All was brown. It, it was, was cold. dirt. Cold dirt brown, brown dirt yeah. green, you know? Dirt, brud, so, my, like, drink. But then, yeah, rereading it, I was like, oh, I like this. I feel like I understand why they teach this novel to, to – uh, 16-year-olds, but also, like, no 16-year-old, unless you are, yeah. like, a real fucking advanced human being, can possibly understand, like, the, if you found beauty in this, the beauty of his writing. Mm -hmm. And um, in doing some research, I went back yeah. to, go ahead. Yeah, yes, I, I was just agreeing and saying that, like, I don't know, like, I wasn't given this book to read ever. Yeah. I was an English major. The only thing I've wow. ever, only thing I've ever read by Hemingway was uh, Old Man in the S been forced to read was Old Man in the Sea in high school because what? that is a that has uh, I think less dangerous ideas than hmm. this book yeah, does yeah 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 and I can't imagine teaching this book in high school not only because it's like it just it, it yeah it, it, kids are gonna miss a lot um, yeah. I had to go back 
knowing I was missing something. And he makes you miss things on purpose. Oh, yeah. He goes so that fast. you read something a different way after having learned what really happened. Mm. And and uh, I think um, – so this book would be, I, I think, uh, you were right to hate it because it was wrong to teach a 16-year-old. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I read this in high school, and I remember uh, – Wow. Yeah, I remember distinctly not understanding – like, because he's, he's so descriptive. And remember, there's a point where in the book where he's like – it's like four or five sentences about them eating spaghetti. Right. Where he's like, it dangles from the fork. And I remember just going – Oh, okay. So he's he's a good writer. Apparently a good writer, you just write everything that's happening. <laughs> like I remember reading this and being like, I think I have writing figured out. Apparently you just describe <laughs> everything yeah. that's happening yeah. no matter simplest. how long the book takes. And but, I was like, But that got comes it. at a but that it's like that's the way the narrator thinks too, yes. right? And yeah. so he's thinking like he just got this food for his new friends in the face of uh, danger. Exactly. Right? And then, so all they're doing is just describing the food, describing the food, and then all of a sudden, boom, mm-hmm. he is out of his body and describing it. It's like the most poetic yes. section in the book is when he's like, yeah. when you're outside of your body and then you're back in. Yeah. You know, it's that was like but I so jarring. Didn't pick up on that in high school. No, I, that was no. way way lost to me. I was no. just like, there's a lot of spaghetti talk. That a lot of wine talk. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, that, that spaghetti talk. <laughs> what was this talk. book about, Sam? Yeah, the spaghetti. Was like, spaghetti. There's lots of cognacs. It was about. Was the, yeah. it was about vermouth. It did actually make me want to eat spaghetti and drink wine. Oh fuck! Oh yeah, yeah. I drank a lot while I was. Reading. Oh me too. <laughs> me too. I yeah. drank like throughout. I was I finishing it last night. Yeah, a lot of hitting. Did you hit anyone? Yeah. Um, That passage, which I think is one of the most important passages of the book, um, in the updated uh, library edition, which has such a beautiful cover. Um, It's page forty (laughs) six. That scene where he's he's making macaroni, where they're in the dugout, um, uh, and it gets so big. There's like uh, there's 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 noise and and brick dust. And inside the dugout were the three drivers sitting against the wall smoking. I'm, I'm jumping around. I took out my knife, opened it, wiped off the blade, and pared off the dirty outside surface of the cheese. Gavuzi handed me the base of macaroni. <laughs> um, it goes on and on. Uh, I put it's my like thumb. It's a cookbook. Yes, it's a manual. <laughs> it's a, he's a ri- cookbook. He's writing. Uh, he's writing a manual. Like there was all these like army manuals. Looking so in the army, like how to pitch a tent, how right. to like clean your rifle. He's doing this, but for how to yeah. cook spaghetti. And it's the first time that there is any sort of like traumatic moment in the whole story. It's forty-five pages in, and they're yeah. getting shelled. And all of a sudden, it gets down to his fucking fingers and what he's doing with his yeah. hands. Yeah. So it's like it's chaos. I cannot control. What's about to happen, I yeah. cannot control where these mortars are going to land. Yeah. But what I can control is what I'm doing with my hands. But I don't know. Do you think that uh, um, Henry, I call him Henry because it's easier to say than yeah. Frederick. Uh, <laughs> is, uh, he, do you think Henry had any real concept of what was happening outside? Like he was consciously trying to control that spaghetti? Because I, I don't. I think that Henry was just like, I can't die. I don't believe in it. it yes. The, the war meant nothing to him. It was yeah, a vacation. Was, yeah, it was, was a drunken detached. vacation up right. until he gets blown up. Right. Like you it know? was optional for him. Like they were like, you know, it's going to be dangerous out, yeah. out there. And he was like, I don't think I'm going to. Yeah, they said like, yeah. don't go don't out there with the food. Don't fun. go bring them food right now. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. He's right. like, no, I'm good. But <laughs> there's, a, there's a second time that that happens too. Remember, he's he's also talking about cheese the second, when he's in during the retreat. 
There's a lot of stuff about, yes. about cheese and that and house, wine. the farmhouse that they go into and the wine is turned, uh, but they still drink it. And the wine is always turned. This is like, <laughs> it's like, it's like food porn with disgusting food. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is like, you Everything know. tastes like copper. Or, yeah. yeah. Rusty, yeah. rusty metal. Yeah. Yeah. I like a that. mass loosened. I He's like, talking about yeah. macaroni and cheese, a mass. I like that. <laughs> that was like, because the whole mo- book is like, kind of about how to distract yourself from horror. Yeah. yeah. And, and he's like, even the thing that he's distracting with him, himself with most, wine or whatever, has a little horror, has a little <laughs> taste of horror in it. Like, you can't get good wine right now. It's the war, buddy. You can't escape it. They've got to get also, you. That also is, I think, how he thinks of the war. Like, he's that detached. If he, if he, like, if he came back safely and people were like, how was war? He'd be like, the wine went bad. <laughs> yeah, No yeah. good wine. The cheese bad was, wine. Yeah. Everybody was talking about loyalty and honor. Yeah. <laughs> Boring. But right before, right uh, when they come out and they're, they're trying to figure out what to do when, they're, when the, uh, the army is in retreat and the guys, the other guys have left um, who they shoot in the street. The first time a weapon wild. is fired, it's fired by our hero against his own man. That was wild. Um, which is such a specific, like, yeah, yeah and it happens so fast. Yep. I love the fucking description of it. But right after when they're trying to figure out where to go, because they saw the Germans driving on the bridge, they're like, do you want a drink? Do you want some cheese? Right. And every, before, like, every sort of trauma, they just, they, they, they can't <laughs> handle, they can't handle it, so it goes back to a meal. Like, right before he gets yeah. blown up, yeah. he's having a meal. Right before... Uh, the final page, the final two pages, <gasps> right. it's like he sits down and has ham and eggs. He and eats drinks. like four times while his wife's dying. She yeah. keeps yeah. telling him to go get like a yeah, third breakfast. He's on like bodybuilding yes. and, eating And the habit. waiter's yeah. like, yo, yeah, didn't you have that before? Like, <laughs> right, when, I remember you. you want something different? Yeah, that word that I never, that I didn't understand. Demi something, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't know what that was, some German... Um, I thought it was yeah. just a kind of... And then he's some guy, I didn't really quite get it, but that, that some guy, he sees some English Show man Kroot. like just look out the window, put his paper down, look out the window, and he, I guess... The guy's thinking. The guy, he's watching somebody reflect, and that makes him go, I mean, he's not going to go deep himself, but he's. Th- it makes him go, I shouldn't be here. I, my yeah. wife is dying. I got to get out of here. Here it is. Page 281. This is, Are this you thinking is... about my wife? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I appreciate that. Oh, right. Something's happening to me. This is one paragraph before he's confronted with the death of his wife. I remembered, he said, you took a demi-blonde uh, this noon. I yeah. ate the ham and eggs and drank the beer. The ham and eggs were in a round dish. The ham underneath and the eggs on top. It was very hot. And at the first mouthful, I had to take a drink mm-hmm. of beer to cool my mouth. I was hungry and I asked the waiter for another order. I drank several glasses. Glasses of beer. I was not thinking at all, but read the paper over the man opposite me. It was about the breakthrough on the British front. When he realized I was reading the back of his paper, he folded it over. I thought of asking the waiter for a paper, but I could not concentrate. It was hot in the cafe and the air was bad. Many of the people at the tables knew one another. There There were several card games going on. The waiters were busy bringing drinks from the bar to the tables. I drank another beer. I mean, it goes on and on. It's like, so he just... Again, it's like this lack of control. Nothing. Yeah. I, I, what am I? I can't go in there and solve the problem of. of it's of, not even lack of control. It's like lack of desire to care. A lack of des- lack of wanting to control. So like apathy. Lack, no, no. I think like kind of not a. Uh, self, He's enjoying that a, chaos. An, an unconscious. I think an unconscious just desire and un- putting himself in situations where he can just distract himself from everything. Yeah. yeah. From anything um you know you mentioned Catherine's hair yeah before like it yeah. was just a distraction from everything as a distraction probably from that he's not really in love with this yeah. woman he's he just got wounded he got mortally wounded and he's like 
I oh, need. Oh, a, now I'm in love all of a sudden. Yeah, and yeah the, we, there's a tent of her yeah, hair. Yeah, I mean, he's, like he can she, hide. Always, she always wants to be isolated, get away from everybody, and he's like, yeah, yeah like just. Get let's go to Switzerland. Like let's get as far. Let's go to the moon. Yeah, like when he describes all the like uh, like you were pointing out the mud, like how the dust settles on the trees. His real thoughts like okay, there's troops in town. There's a war happening, but his he's like I'm just gonna focus. You see all those leaves? Yeah, yeah. Yep. There was yep. leaves up there. Now they're on the ground. That trunk tree trunk is much <laughs> I, dustier yeah. than it was. But I kind of I saw it. Kind of as like his knowing what he couldn't control and therefore focusing on things that like little minor things he could control. Yeah. Which is sort of that grace under fire thing that you were talking about, I guess, because it's recognizing, like recognizing that his wife is undergoing surgery and there's nothing he can do. And if he stands there and watches it, he's just going to get upset in the same way that if, not his wife, whatever. And the same way, like if he thinks about her while at war, he recognizes he's going to experience an emotion maybe. Yeah, that's right. And that's uncontrolled and that's a problem. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, it's like an unconscious, but I I think it's like unconscious fear of that. Like it's unconscious fear of anything he can't control. Yeah. You know, but I don't know if he's like, all right, I'm going to get out of here and, you know, just because I don't want to think about this. Um, he's got like the dog mentality. And re- that part where he actually stops and tries to help a dog but, and there's like nothing in the can or something. Yes, for the dog, yes, Which yes. I kind of loved. It was this weird. It was so strange. Possibly the only nice thing he does for anyone in the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he says there's oh, nothing yeah. in there, I, dog. I, I highlighted, I really enjoyed his other nice gestures. He's driving the um, the ambulance. And the guy's like, I don't want to go back to war. And he's like, well, you fall down and smash your face up. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but then they don't I'll, get him in time. No. Yeah. I'll do you a big favor, back. buddy. Still, in his mind, was like, I'm going to help you out. Yeah. And that's the highest level of empathy is like, you purposely fall out <laughs> and smash your face. And then I'll, you don't know, go back to war. And the guy's like, thanks, man. Hey, yeah, <laughs> you're great. Yeah. I also feel like this, the, the, um, all the, all the there's so much nature here there's like it's nature is just described within an inch of its life over and over and over again and i wonder if that's him being a journalist or is this sort of sort of um i mean it's like a very like naturalist like this he's writing like it's almost like a travel log he's like this this time of year there's snow in the mountains and the the trees look this way and they look beautiful he gets so into man's like relationship with nature yeah. and i wonder why he gets so into that small sort of detail when there is chaos all around him. Because of that, to, I think. Like, it's rather than describe what's really happening, let's just describe this basic truth. Yeah. You know, this thing well, we can see. Kind of like, <laughs> he doesn't like talking about, con- he doesn't think conceptually in terms of, like, valor or honor. He wants oh, to yeah. know when. He wants to know how long, right. where, you know, how many miles. Well, you... I, I want to. Well, you said uh, the truth. He's talking about this. The, he wants to just tell the truth. Well, the truth too. Uh, I mean, about like this nature right here. I can yes. see it. I can see it. It's green right and here. that is real. I'm, I don't understand <laughs> what the other stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's 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 to me that's at the heart of the mm-hmm. entire book, because uh, um, again, I'm like so I'm taking this class and I'm I'm fresh off a lecture about this, so I'm I'm my head is sort of flooded. But there is he talks a lot about. Um, uh, Oh my god! I just lost my. If you're going to say something from your class, can you do it in a German accent? I wish I could, because he's very German. <laughs> um, um, oh fuck! The uh, the color nature. 
Oh, oh no, yeah. The one tr- his famous quote um, about write one tr- that one, write one true sentence, yeah. which is sort of his famous tip to writers. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you, you can. Uh, I know it's hard, and when he's, he's battling through writer's block, he says, uh, "I know it's hard what you're going through now, but you can write. You've written before. You will write again. Yeah, yeah. Just start. Just just start with the truth." Tell the truth. Write one true sentence, and that true sentence will lead to something else. And I was in the middle of reading the book when I when I um, when I came across that quote, and that for me broke the book wide open. Mm-hmm. And then I started seeing every sentence just as like, just don't fucking. There's no there's no poetry or 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 magical mm-hmm. realism. Don't get fucking. Don't try to charm them with with fireworks mm-hmm. and and poetry. Just tell. Just keep it. Trim all the fat, nouns and verbs. That's it. That's all you need. And that, all of a sudden, I kind of locked into that. Yeah. And I was, what fr- it was frustrating me the first hundred pages. Yeah. And then I just, <laughs> I longed for it. And I, I feel like. It was easy to read, for sure. So Rachel easy. and I were talking about this before. Mm-hmm. We, and you said, you were saying how you loved that. You liked that. Yeah. Simple. I, super simple. Point. Yeah. Simple sentences. Simple, like two page chapters. Thank you. Like yeah. it makes you feel yeah. great. Totally. Totally. Like, I just achieved a yes. lot in yep. five minutes. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. And I appreciate that, like. This slimmed down. If you look, look at everybody's dialogue, like most of the minor characters, their dialogue is this spastic, just cramming of sentences yeah. together too, which is good because like that is one how people truly talk. Like when we first meet, I think it's Rinaldi where he's like, Love "Since Rinaldi. that's where I'll, that's where I'll, that's where I'll uh, Rinaldi, he, he goes, baby. Uh, my favorite character, baby. Hey, baby. Yeah, he goes, he goes. Since you're gone, we have nothing but frostbites, jaundice, gonorrhea, self-inflicted wounds, uh, pneumonia, and ch- uh, chancers. Every week, someone gets wounded. There's a few real wounded. Next week, the war starts. Perhaps it starts again. They do say so. Do you think I'd be right to marry Mrs. Barkley? Like it's just ideas are just. And all then he's like, yeah. "Kiss me, kiss yeah. me, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kiss me. Plastically all over the place. So into I have, him. I have syphilis. Kiss me, baby." <laughs> <laughs> I have syphilis. Kiss me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me see your knee. <laughs> oh God. Um, there was a great uh, the I I love it's such a people think of Hemingway as being this guy who loved war, who was so like pro like fighting and machoism, but it's the exact opposite. Yeah, if you, yeah. Like, absolutely. Read an totally. inch below totally. the surface. This is the. I mean, there's no like. There's no the things they carried or like Jarhead or whatever no. list any sort of anti like and there's 22. no like there's no patriotism there's no yes. pacifism well he's not even you know a, but a native of the country that he's fighting I know, with it's cr- it, ever and, and he doesn't almost. seem to understand even how he got into the Italian <laughs> army he was he's in like, four of the, he was Hemingway himself was yeah. in four wars in some capacity yeah so no one is more uh, uh, qualified to. To, to like philosophize about the horrors of it, but he's um. Uh, what was I going to say? Like, uh, I lost track. What were you going to say? Um, just to to sort just of add on the. Uh, we'll get back to it. Um, so I think up to this point, there was so much like bombast about heroism and yeah. nationalism and patriotism and. When you talked about the war and you wrote about the war, it had to be delivered in a very specific way. And page 161, is he has this paragraph about saying that this is all garbage. He's having a conversation about getting uh, one of the uh, awards, but they're all so caught up in the service medals. Um, uh, We won't talk about losing. There is enough talk about losing. What has been done this summer cannot have been done in vain. I did not say anything. I was always embarrassed by the words sacred, glorious, yep. and sacrifice in the expression in vain. We had heard them, 
sometimes standing in the rain almost out of earshot so that only the shouted words came through. And he'd read them on proclamations that were slapped up by bill posters over other proclamations now for a long time. And I had seen nothing sacred. And the things that were glorious had no glory, and the sacrifices were like the stockyards at Chicago if nothing was done with the meat except to bury it. There were many words that you could not stand to hear, and finally only the names of places had dignity. Certain numbers were the same way, and certain dates, and these were the names of the places where all you could say and have them mean anything. Abstract words such as glory, honor, courage, or hallow were obscene. Because the concrete names of villages, the numbers of roads, the names of rivers, hmm. the numbers of regiments, and the dates. So those, the, yeah, that that's is like the heart of the book. That I, is that the heart is. of the book yeah. to, to me. Like that's real. Yeah, none of this fucking like getting up and standing at attention and wearing your uniform and getting all this nonsense that all all the propaganda. It's all noise and bullshit. Yeah, and this He's, happens a lot in the book. But this is the fir- one of the first times that like a character says something where you're like, just Jesus. Like, on behalf of Hemingway, you're like, my heart hurts. Yeah. Like, just for the weight of all of life, like... In this, you mean this, this yeah, paragraph right chapter, here? Yeah, like, yeah. it's just some dark, yeah. real dark things going he on. Only ha- he, like, it's very it's very few times that, he's, that he philosophizes. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it, he, he uses it very sparingly. So when he does, you kind of yeah. perk up. Well, the whole like, book is just like, it, it's a f- just one philosophy that you can't really understand until you get to the very end. And it's, and it's really just... To, him like expounding a little or him like uh, uh, unpacking war is hell a little bit. He's just like, w- it's not war is hell. War is like, uh, it, it's inevitable. What does he say? He's like, it's the, it's the, it's the symptom of a, of a just fucked up humanity. Yeah. 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 Um, and we're all, uh, and we're all going to die. We're, and it's is, always going to happen. We can't d- stop it. Exactly. So Again, don't stop it. No control. So just grab something to eat. Yeah. So have <laughs> yourself some fucking vermouth yeah, and, and shut up. And, and uh, some get a hand job yeah. in the hospital. Yeah. That is, th- the description of the hand job is spectacular. <laughs> it was one spectacular. sentence. And she did something, something skillfully. skillfully. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I highlighted it and wrote a little smiley face. Next <laughs> I, yeah, well, I wrote yeah, a note Rob, that said, wow. Rob, you, <laughs> yeah. you mentioned earlier, Rob, where you're like, he makes you go back. And reread yep. stuff. Yep. That I was a good three pages past that. <laughs> I think I might have like gotten up to use the restroom or something, and I was like, "Hold up, wait a minute, what did she <laughs> do?" And that was Gage. That was the nurse, the other nurse. That was not, Gage. That was not. Well, that's before. Catherine. That's Just before he. A different. Yeah, yeah, that's before he found that he was in love with that Catherine yes. was a better distraction, right? Than yeah, a yeah, hand yeah. job. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And they also, she also <laughs> describes. I'm assuming giving him an enema or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, because now you're clean. No, that was cat, but Catherine that was Catherine. Gave him the end. Yeah, before yeah. he went into He's cleaned out. Now you're inside yeah. and out. Inside you're and inside out. Inside and out. Yeah, it's funny though. That's almost what makes this book good for high school. The sex is so sanitized out of it's it that so you, you really tricky. only. It's like there's a sentence. It's like she moved toward me after we were very hungry. You know, and they yeah. skip. Yes. They skip everything. I love it. There isn't even like a paragraph. It's, it's great. Break. It's exactly. also like he was raising a huge middle finger to the censors at the time. Yeah. you know. He was like, I don't fucking need to. Look what I can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Censor that. And make you think about it yourself. You <laughs> yeah. picture it. Yeah. We're going to take the briefest of breaks and we'll come back with more reading aloud. I'm so happy we have this sponsor. That's the best sponsor. Audible.com. Do you love books but find that you never have time to read them? Well, let's solve that problem. Audible.com has the perfect solution. Get audiobooks and listen to those books when you're on the go, when you're in the car, when you're gardening, when you're making spaghetti. It's all there. Over 180,000 
titles from all the best publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and, and newspaper publishers, business information providers, whatever interest you have, audible.com has you covered. iPhone, sure iPad, yes. Android, Windows phones, it's all covered. Also, you can listen on your Kindle Fire and over 500 different MP3 players. It's all there. And they also have the great listen guarantee. If you decide you don't like the book, no worries. You can exchange it for a brand new one. That's the genius of Audible.com. And just for listeners, Audible.com is offering a free 30-day trial membership. So go to audible.com slash Nate. Today, and start your free trial. Audible.com slash Nate. Make it happen. We're back. Uh, it's act two of Reading Aloud. I'm here with uh, Rachel Axler, Sam Kiefer, and Rob Corby. We're talking about Hemingway's A Farewell to Arms. Um, I'm so excited to get into When we finish up the book club, I, I usually let everyone get to have their say about just... Did they enjoy the experience of reading it? Would they recommend it to a friend? But before we get to that... Hmm. There was a lot of emails this week, uh, more than usual, which is very exciting. Um, Eric uh, writes, uh, he works at Bauman's Rare Books in New York. I met Eric at the um, California Book Fair in Pasadena a couple weeks ago, and we chatted briefly. Um, hello to Mozzie, by the way. Mozzie is my pal of mine from college. Do you remember Mozzie? I know Mozzie, yeah. Yeah, Mozzie works at Bauman's as well. Uh, Eric sent me an email. Um, I noted you're doing a farewell to arms next. Have you ever read Lillian Ross's New Yorker profile from 1950, Portrait of Hemingway? She followed him around when he came to New York right before the publishing of Across the River and Into the Trees. It's amazing. She recounts Hemingway telling her how he once met a bear in the woods, got <laughs> drunk with it, and they became friends. He talks about going toe-to-toe in the ring with Tolstoy and fighting him to a draw. I don't know how anyone could read it and not think Hemingway was the coolest motherfucker around. <laughs> Jesus. Um, have you heard that story that he got drunk with a bear? No. 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 <laughs> but I also... like. Like, he tells a lot of stories, this yeah. guy. I don't believe a word that comes out of his mouth. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He's a blowhard. Um, I, I have, what else do I have here? I have Patrick. Patrick wrote, um, Patrick is a school teacher. Patrick has this great, um, this great excerpt from a Kurt Vonnegut novel called, called Time Quake. Have you heard of Time Quake? Yes. Um, yeah, what is that? It's a strangely a Vonnegut. It's a strange. Oh time yeah, it's a, it's, not it's one of his same. last <laughs> time cop. It's, it's one of his later <laughs> ones. Yeah, it was like in the mid '90s or something. Perhaps. Yeah. Um, there's. Uh, it's a strangely autobiographical novel, and the following passage from it are the reasons the next book she read was a farewell to arms. He's talking about he and his wife, and when they first met, they bonded over books. Um, this is from Vonnegut. A farewell to arms turned out to be an attack on the institution of marriage. Hemingway's hero is wounded in war. He and his nurse fall in love. They honeymoon far away from the battlefields, consuming the best food and wine without having been married first. She gets pregnant, proving, as if it could be doubted, that he is indeed all man. She and the baby die, spoiler, so he doesn't have to get a regular job and a house and life insurance and all that crap, and he has such beautiful memories. I said to Steve, the tears Hemingway has made you want to shed are tears of relief. It looked like the guy was going to have to get married and settle down, but then he didn't have to. Yeah. Phew, what a close shame. <laughs> That's, That's so good. so disgustingly true. That's so <laughs> you think so? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah! I'm, I'm not even Cause, sure. Because at the end, wow! You know, I the, didn't at the beginning. I disagreed at the beginning, but the, yeah, the, I'm I, all completely, in. Completely, yes. All the in. last line is like, yeah, he walks back to his hotel 
which I think was supposed to be, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Supposed to be sad. Like you picture him taking this long, sad walk in the rain. But I read it like, he's like starting over like, all right, cool. He made it. Like, and they just went back to his hotel where I know he ate. I fucking know the next <laughs> sentence that you yeah. don't see was no, like, I know exactly what he hotel, did. Walked oh, in. It was like, I know exactly what he did. He played billiards with that had dude. Six to yeah, seven. Old man, old man billiards. Found he a had bear. a charcuterie <laughs> and a demi blonde. Uh-huh. In a he diamond got, plate. He got, um, he, he got blonds. drunk with a, uh, with a British sailor mm-hmm. and, and then, then skillfully and then handed. he left and fell and fell in love with someone else and started the whole cycle over again. Yep. Yeah. Shot another person in his battalion. Someone who treated his concussion, which I'm positive he had from one of those yes. knocks on the head. Yeah, that's right. They don't even talk about, they talk about his knee and his feet, but they don't. He's got a bump gla- on his head for an awfully long part a of the long book. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but he, well, he doesn't even, he's like, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. He, he picks the like blood He's like the NFL. Off. That's like Hemingway's, yeah, he, one of his many like masculine definitions ugh. of Hemingway's, like that type of father who's like, you're fine. Where it's like, no, he's not. You need <laughs> stitches. <it> off. Nope. <laughs> it's just an open wound for your whole life. Did that really, did that, when you finished reading the book, did that jump out of you as his point of view? Or were you it just didn't. reminded of it now? No, no. Oh, okay. I, I didn't realize it till you said it. What I was noting when I was reading the end of it was how much the death of the baby was a relief to him. Because yes. he was. Oh yeah, he said that explicitly. He wanted yeah. Yeah. Wow. He did not yeah. want that Wait. child. He seemed more upset. He seemed less sad as he was like, well, why'd they pretend it was alive when I was in there? Like, why'd they wait till I left the room? But that's another one of the things. That is, I think, the best example of... I'm sorry, I cut you off, Sam. No, 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 that that was it. Oh, uh, that that, uh, one of the best examples of having an experience through his seeing an experience through his eyes and then having to go back and read it again because you are meant... You are led to believe, the reader is led to believe that this baby is alive. It's, you know, cesarean. Yes. It's a little, it's in trouble. You know, he's, he's got to fuss with it. But he goes back, tells Catherine that. But because the nurses are so shocked that he doesn't know, like, they're like, it was obviously made very clear to him that the baby was dead. Hmm. And so then if you go back and read it again, that it's only because we are seeing this world through Henry's eyes that we also assume the baby's fine and the baby is can it can be it's a very ambiguous and can be read as dead you know uh i just assumed when the doctor flipped it up held the baby by the feet and slapped it to what that, that, that that's something that you in 1918 that you would do once a baby is yeah. born like you snap smack but he kept Smacking it yeah. twice. Yeah. Yeah. Kept smacking it, yeah. and then times. looked worried, and then did something else, and then, and then says you should Frederick go. Left. Like, and then yeah, yeah, says you should leave the room, like yeah. no doctor does when you have so what is a Hem- new baby. Yeah. So what is Hemingway trying to do? Why why doesn't he, why doesn't he give Henry the the realization in the room that his that his son? I is think dead? he's just trying to say like that that Henry Henry is still not the type of guy that's going to absorb something like that. Like yeah. he's like he, willfully daft. He's will yeah willfully. Uh, um, blind to yeah. any of any of that stuff until he is forced, and then he has this huge, awesome, like page or two where he's like, "Oh God, don't forced! Oh fuck, they're gonna get you! They got us! They got yeah. us! They yeah, fucked yeah. us! They're gonna get us! They mm. always get us!" Just like the ants, and oh, yeah, like the great. ants on the fire. Like oh, you can yeah. either burn, you can either burn. No one's gonna toss your log out of the fire. You can either burn or you can run. Or like he did, this whole book is steam himself slowly in the yeah, fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. by the way, was <laughs> a kind of a funny line. That was one of the was beautiful. few very funny lines in it, which is I think I just steamed the ants a little, yeah. which I read that and I was like, that's actually it's, quite funny. Yeah. It's sick, but it's 
funny. I think it's like so. Uh, so so you can either go to the fire, go to the front lines, and and get killed, yep. or you can be the ant and get steamed and go to the end, which is like distracting yourself with fucking wine and Drink, cheese and have food, sex, and fall so in like love, a, yeah, yeah, escape. Yeah. He's right. been trying to escape the war the whole time before right. he finally escapes. Which, uh, in that same <laughs> list where he's like, you can either go out like this, you can go out like that. Yeah. That's another good, uh, real solid Rinaldi moment where he's like, or you can get syphilis like Rinaldi. And you're like, yeah, that's how you went out. Yep. That's like he makes a real <laughs> casual reference yeah. to like, yep. oh, yes, oh, it baby. gets everybody. It also, gets everybody. Rinaldi died of syphilis where you're just like, yeah, no, that's yeah. how that poor we Rinaldi. all assume. Thank we, God I didn't we let him heard kiss from me. you in a little bit. Yeah, uh, that's how you died. Uh, Yelena writes uh, about this very uh, part of the book, the uh, the dead baby. So she literally admits she doesn't mind her be- baby being dead. OMG, isn't she a monster of a woman? And then Henry accuses the baby of nearly killing his mother while he himself was preop- preoccupied with the scar on Catherine's belly rather than his son's death. Yes. Yeah. The baby is probably the only character in the book I feel compassion for. <laughs> Poor creature didn't want to come to this world where none of his parents needed him. Hmm. It's sort of symbolical that the baby was suffocated as if Henry and Catherine smothered him with their passion to each other. So no compassion for them. They both deserved yeah. what they got. I don't feel, I didn't feel, I even I was relieved for the baby. Like, thank God. <laughs> they weren't brought into this fucking nightmare right this existence nightmare yeah um <laughs> to go live in the that's, mountain that's not, in switzerland and that's not out of how do i wear this that's not super out of character for Catherine. she's not portrayed very well throughout the entire Ugh. book like out of the start i think it's like page 23 she she's crazy and she's like i'm crazy in yeah, that like yeah. good subject or like objectifying women but, yeah. but I feel way, way, there's three kinds of women in Hemingway. Yeah, three, yeah, yeah, this is one be, of them. And she's the well, this whole, there's one. shallow, crazy, there's the whore, yeah. and the like, and the right. Mrs. The, the head nurse, where she was just like a stern, cranky, like yeah, you know. Who, by the way, he describes as sort of old and ugly or whatever, and she yeah. was probably like thirty. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But she was just <laughs> remotely stern, and he's yeah. like, what a ugly old tired yeah. whore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just disgusting. <laughs> Uh, Ashley writes, at first I found the writing style dry and repetitive. The descriptions of the main character's surroundings had me silently begging Hemingway to get a thesaurus or something. (laughs) So many leaves and branches. Instead of creating a vivid picture, it distracted me from the picture he was trying to create. The repetition did work for me eventually, though, specifically when the main character's thoughts were coming through in sort of a stream of consciousness eruption. So good. Yeah, I I completely agree. And there is some amazing, thank you, Ashley and Yelena and... Uh, Eric and Patrick for writing in. Um, there was also, I wanted to, there was this little moment where he uses, he, he uses uh, dialogue really effectively. And then there's one or two instances where he doesn't use any sort, any, he doesn't use um, quotation marks. Mm. He has this full discussion with, I think it's Rinaldi. Uh, baby. I think, yeah. It's baby boy. Oh, fuck, where is it? <laughs> Rinaldi um, talks like every, like, 90s Vince Vaughn movie. Like, he's in Swingers. He's like, that's my baby. Just these quick spurts. Yeah, page 66 oh, yeah. into 67, he's talking with Rinaldi. He's just, he's in, he's on his uh, his back in his hospital room, and Rinaldi's come to visit him. And every conversation up to that point, there's been, it's been, like, you mm. know, six-word sentences with quotes. And this time, they have this full discussion, and there's no punctuation. Interesting. At all. 
Read a little it, bit. Just it, read uh, a little bit of that. I don't, I don't take remember it, that. Do you have all. a point of view? First? Well, it's just that I, I kind of felt that that was his drunkenness. He was sort of everything. <sighs> oh, was, I kn- everything was sort I of this, this, this haze yes. and sort of swirling around him. So he hears chow, chow, chow. It doesn't matter who's saying what, when. Yeah, yeah, it's he's yeah. he's sort of getting the sense of the messages without the without. You're quote. right. He's like paraphrasing almost. Yeah, it's just kind of noise. Hemingway but, is like a. He's like a. It's like math. It's like word math. Like this is going to evoke a certain mm. put, putting words, spacing words <laughs> like this evokes this. Yeah. You know, he's. Uh, uh, I'll read a little bit of this. The, t- the tickets are very expensive. I will draw a sight draft on my grandfather. I said, a what? A sight draft. He has to pay, or I go to jail. Mister Cunningham at the bank does it. I live by sight drafts. Can a grandfather <laughs> jail a patriot grandson who is lying, who's dying that Italy may live? Live the American Garibaldi, said Rinaldi. Viva the sight drafts. I said, we must be. Quiet," said the major. Already, we have been hmm. asked many times to be quiet. So there's three people talking yeah. over each other, right. and it's not yeah. sort of discerned. We'll take uh, another. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no please. Uh, no, I have some. This is a longer thing. Great. We'll take uh, another question. short break, and then we'll come back and we'll finish up. Uh, you're listening to the book club episode for Farewell to Arms on Reading Aloud. Today's show is sponsored by Howl FM. It's like Netflix for podcasts. With Howl Premium, you get exclusive access to a brand new Howl original comedy series, The Mysterious Secrets of Uncle Bertie's Botanarium, starring Jermaine Clement from Flight of the Concords. You can get it right now with Howl Premium. It's Come on. I mean, he's one of the greats, right? It sounds like no other podcast you've ever heard. Rich, detailed sound design and original music produced by an outstanding creative team all the way from New Zealand. It's a show to check out immediately. But also, not only do you have Jermaine's show, you have 120 hours of new Howl original miniseries and audio documentaries uh, from the Scar Brothers, um, Fruit, The Complete Woman, also 80 comedy albums, and all the archives for WTF, and all your favorite Earwolf shows like Comedy Bang Bang and How Did This Get Made, uh, I-, I Was There Too, etc. It's all there. $4.99 a month. That's it. And with the promo code READING, you get a free full month of access. So go check it out right now. Howl.fm. Use the promo code READING for one month of a free trial and make it happen so your ears will like you more. Uh, we're back with more Reading Aloud. Oh, yeah, we're back. We're, we're, we're back. We're back. We've all, we, we haven't gone. Mm-hmm. We're still here. Uh, Rob, you had a thought, uh, a long Oh, I just thought. wanted to open up a uh, a topic that uh, that is related to what we were just talking about, just the use of how he... Um, just the grammar of it and yeah. and the and the usage like he so it's a first person a first person um novel yes and yet i think twice only once i know specifically was like wow they, where he suddenly switches to the second person and says yeah. you um oh, like you know uh, sort of philosophizing or telling us about our own death and like, stuff. Like you suddenly become Henry for like half a paragraph. He's aware that he's uh, that he's writing a book, that wow. he's telling an, an, an audience something. Maybe, maybe. I can, um, I can find I this while... I, I, I remember what you're... I don't know even where It seemed like, yeah, that fits a theme where like he is aware you're reading it. I, I find myself a lot of books... I think it's just left over from when I was in high school re- in reading oh. books, trying to figure out whether a yeah. character's good or not. Huh. This character seems like he's aware you're reading and doesn't yeah. care mm. whether or not you I got like it. him mm. or anything, but he's mm. aware of it. Mm. It's chapter, uh, I found I found at least the chapter. It's chapter 32. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, and oh man, I, oh here, yeah, I, he was. Oh, he's on the floor of the car, right? Yeah. Hard as oh, the yeah, floor yeah. of the car to lie. Uh, so he's I. I could not. I could remember Catherine. Blah blah yeah. blah. He's talking about it. And then um, he's on the floor, hard as the floor of the car, to lie not thinking, only feeling, having been away too long, the clothes wet and the floor moving only a little each time, and lonesome inside and alone with wet clothing and a hard floor for and hard floor for a wife. So he's kind of transitioning there, and now it's like, you did not love the floor of the flat car, nor guns with canvas jackets oh, yeah, and the smell right. of Vaseline wow. metal or a I didn't canvas. Even that. It's like yeah. he's, you're there with but, him. He's like, neither yeah. of us had fun. But you loved someone else whom now you knew was not even to be pretending there uh you see the you you seeing now very clearly and coldly not so coldly as clearly and uh em- emptily i can't it's emptily yeah em- yeah sorry it's separated here itunes this is cool there's so in the version that i have there are appendices that have like alternate endings and also um alternate, I guess, earlier drafts. And first of all, something that I noticed is that in some of the earlier drafts, um, he wrote in third person rather than first. Yeah. So, and I was, I was reading it and I was like, what's different about this? Cause it seems sort of similar, but it feels somehow more detached. And Mm -hmm. it was, it was that, but Mm. also I was just looking at these, um, there's an alternate ending and it's super exactly what you were just talking about. Cause it's, um, yeah. When people die, you have to bury them, but you do not have to write about it. You meet undertakers, but you do not have to write about them. That's what Holy they call the funeral shit. ending, which is like he's very aware that he's writing. He's very, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. While we're on the topic, wow. I brought this up before the podcast, but in the same uh, the same copy with the additional uh, the, endings. The, the library edition. There's an ending called the Nada ending where this was his, uh, his how, <laughs> how he was going to end it. This is all there is to the story, which, again, acknowledges he's writing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, This is all there is to the story. Catherine died, and you will die, and I will die, oh and God. that is all I can promise you. <laughs> which is that's you Great. as to the like reader. That one. Don't forget. And so, like, it ends super sad, really. Like, so the yeah. baby dies, and guess what? Also, you die. Yeah. Nate, well, should I, have a good night. Fuck should you. I read the uh, Nate... Cordry, Rob Cordry text message ending. This is also an alternate ending, I guess. Uh, (laughs) Nate was like, Nate, you asked me to read this today. And uh, he said, are you finished yet? Nate, this is Nate. Have you, this was last night about 1030. Have you finished yet? The ending is so funny. (laughs) Smiley faces with tears. Uh, Fuck man. Yeah. Finished about 15 minutes ago. Now I'm going to ride those sweet vibes into bed. (laughs) And he goes, fuck yeah, man. Ride the lightning. And then I wrote, I rode the lightning for the remainder of the evening. When I finished riding the lightning, I went to my room. Rinaldi was asleep, and I looked at his strong face. It was a fine, strong face. I changed into my pajama top and my pajama bottom, and I finished the vermouth. Bottom. bottom. Warming under my cuddle pillow and distracted myself from thoughts of Catherine. The offensive would start in two days, and Rinaldi always tries to kiss me. My legs were as stiff as a board. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> While we're doing alternates, did you guys see in the end uh, Hemingway's list of titles that he didn't go with? No. Oh, yeah. All right. I highlighted one. I'm going to have – here, Rob, will you read it so you can see I'm not exaggerating? Look at one of the – just read a couple of them, then read the highlighted one. Okay. These were some of the other titles. Okay. So we got a couple here. The Italian Journey. Uh, a, a, world, a World to See. We've got uh, – ooh, Death Once Dead. 
Here's there. a good one. Wow. They who get shot. Jeez, <laughs> oh, Louise. And now I'll, read the highlighted one. I'll read the one. highlighted one. I have committed fornication, but that was in another country and besides, the wench is dead. What? Holy wow. fuck. That's the most earning sentence um, for, in, for a short yeah. period of time. A- in his mind, he was like, I got a title. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I have committed fornication, <laughs> but that was in another country, and besides, the wench is dead. Oh, man. That's I just, love that's it. That's a suicide note. Yeah. To- it's, <laughs> but that, you know, he was famous for saying that none of, like, he was an ambulance driver in the Italian Red Cross, and, and we all know he fell in love uh, with a nurse, but yes. that's all, that's the only thing that's true in the book. And yet, so that's really him, like... But he was wounded, I guess. But the, Oh, yeah, and he was wounded in the legs. Uh, but, but that woman, uh, it turns out, like, left him immediately <gasps> for somebody else. And so he's like, fuck you, fuck the war, fuck everybody. Wedge. Fuck that I'm going to write a for a book. Yeah. <laughs> this wait, whole wait. book. So, so that part's not autobiographical. He just no. killed her. He killed her rather than no, his No, she character. left him. No, yeah. she just left him. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm saying he yes. killed her in the and then Yeah, he killed, killed her. her baby. So, yes. Yeah, yeah, so he yeah. went. So and knocked, murdered her. He, he got her knocked up <laughs> yeah. and yeah. deaded. Her. Yeah. That's, that's, right. that's oh, a devil teacher. You if you deaded. Hey, if you, you know, if you cheat on somebody, you will get fictionally murdered. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and yeah. your baby, too. Your that's baby. right. Yeah. Your baby. Well, there, like a lot of this is, I think, is what he wished would have happened. Like he rewards any character in here who makes a strong decision. Hmm. Like we're, we love that surgeon because he's like, I don't want to wait six months. I'll do surgery yeah. tomorrow and I want though, 10 drinks yeah even, yeah, even though everyone's <laughs> yeah. like that's super unsafe like every character in here that's a great strong character is someone who just thinks impulsively and makes a decision like a man like a without, man yeah. even if everyone yeah. everyone's like there's a lot of ways to think about it whoever's like no just do it this way which is ironic considering the drafts we're holding he rewrote the ending like 70 times right. and censored it. So clearly he's an indecisive guy yeah. who in his ideal version of the story too, no, he's not. He's yeah. someone who arrived in Italy and was like, let's see. I'm making choices. Yeah. 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 Well, I think also that's like any writer, especially him, he's like, well, I'm I'm not one of these people. I'm a god. I'm yeah. a god right and now. I, yeah, and I'm, so it's like, I have he to talks about the- Get cult- the big bang right. <laughs> yeah. And he's, uh, he's all about, like, the cult of experience. Like, you're not living unless you're fucking experiencing it. Like, go out and fucking fight a bull. Yeah. Go to war. Like, that's yeah. that was his shit with Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald was like, I'm just going to sit and ponder my existence and write in my office. Ugh, and he yeah. was like, you fucking pussy yeah you have to go out and experience yeah. life and fucking or you're not or you're not alive yeah. i feel like that's that's his entire sales pitch it's like go out yeah but exper- go to go gerald was like no I, you don't understand can, i'm in love with a woman that really needs me <laughs> yeah yeah right and, and, and he's like fuck you yeah, yeah. love me yeah he had four wives, uh, Hemingway yeah. did, by the he way. Yeah, had trouble wow. figuring it all out. So by bef- the way, I, oh, I'm yeah, so sorry. I, I, was just, I was just sort of skimming through the other alternate endings. Although he does, um, you know, change up how he wrote the endings every single time, uh, the thing that remains constant is she dies in all of them. I mean, what he's mm. changing is what happens afterwards, whether he actually goes back and has a drink or thinks about them or just leaves yeah. or philosophizes. Mm. And you know he found the real woman afterwards and was like, did you read my book? Hey, and let me <laughs> describe that, that copy that for you. For Agnes. <laughs> did you read that? Yeah. Did you read that new popular book? Everybody loves. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big yeah. star, motherfucker. Yeah. I will finish up. I just, before we go around the table and get everyone's sort of 
um, final take on A Farewell to Arms. I just want to mention the structure here. It's very specific. It's written in five books, and we go indoors and outdoors. Um, there is, there is uh, book one. Uh, we are outside. We're at war. We're at the front. We're in nature. And it ends, that book ends with a, with a, a train ride. So book one ends and that we're in motion. Book two, we're in a train. We're inside. It's hospitals, cafes, hotels. Huh. Uh, we're in a train. And so he has this sort of like switch back and forth. We're outside. We're in nature. We're experiencing. And then we're like confined into these walls. Book three, it's the same thing. It starts with fall. Now it's past fall. And we're talking about trees. We're back into nature. And, and that book ends with him we haven't even talked about him. Uh, they were just shooting people that they thought were retreating. When there was like a, they were, they thought they were not retreating. They thought they were going AWOL. Yeah. Um, and he just fucking makes a, he yeah. makes a separate piece, which is a fucking beautiful little sentence. Yeah. He's like, I made a separate piece. He bolts through two guys and dives into the river and sort of baptizes himself. And that ends on a train as well. So uh, we go to book four. And now we're inside again. It's the same exact start as book two. They're both. They're, book two starts with getting off a train in Milan. Book four starts with getting off a train in Milan and ends with a carriage ride. Again, we're in motion. Wow. Book That's five, wild. we're back in this in the fall. The first the first book is a year, and then two, three, and four and five are nine months. It's it's like uh, the uh, the uh, the birth of a child from conception to to birth. Uh, there's fall, there's snow, and we live in a brown wooden house. The f- chapter one, it's like this, it's bookended. It's, it's spring, and this is the house. Five, it's fall, and this is the house. Mm. And it's all about nature again. That, whole, that book is about walks, about him yeah. going for, before shit goes down for the last six or seven pages. It's about them in nature, describing like the water in the top of the uh, ice pitchers, like with a layer of ice on yeah. it. It's about their walks and about going outdoors. Um, the last 16 pages and with trauma, but book five really is spent sort of uh, outdoors. So it's like outdoor, indoor, outdoor, indoor, outdoor, that these five books are like perfectly sort of structured, which I thought was all done. You only like, you have to make the assumption that all these things are done on purpose. Oh, that's definitely deliberate. Uh, Absolutely deliberate. I don't know what it means necessarily. Neither do I. But it's, but it's conscious. I like that because for a lot of the first part of this book, I was like, I don't know how deliberate this man is. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how much he's caring about things like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I wonder. The, uh, by the end, but, you know, when you really get into, especially the grammar of it and how it changes and and takes you for a ride itself, it's like that I understood. But, yeah. But uh, that's really cool. Uh, Sam, we'll go around the table here. Sam Kiefer, um, your overall feelings on a farewell to would you recommend to a friend? Are you sad you wrote it? Are we still cool? I'm sad I wrote <laughs> it. Why did you yeah. stop yeah. telling you read it? You wrote Excuse me. Um, really well. No, I like. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's a. I think it's a great book. I would recommend it. I think it's a. I've always. I don't know how to word this. I've always disliked when um, someone is good at their job. Like there's uh, musicians get this a lot, or uh, actors get this a lot. And they'll meet someone and they'll go. Uh, that guy was an asshole. And you're like, well, who told you they had to be nice? Did you just do your job? Mm. Being nice is mm. not one of the things anyone has to do. Hemingway's very good mm. at showing you this character who's like a, a literal murderer <laughs> and not, like real selfish and ignorant, but like still signs up and goes to war and does his job. Hemingway's very good. At, mm. I really enjoy it. Like he's very good at like showing you there's two sides of a coin to being like, 
even if you're a scumbag, still do like this is what makes a man go be honorable and go do all this. Uh, that being said, uh, I, it felt I think shooting that guy in the back made it hard for me to care. Like I just kept wanting to be like, hey, someone. I don't care now. You like you're too far. You're no longer like the lovable scumbag that you were. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah. Yeah. That he shot the guy. Who's yeah. Yeah. Away. It just yeah. Is, uh, but yeah, but that was the, that was the mo- that was a turning point for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where now is like I kind of now 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 I'm so far past it. Where not only do I not have any sympathy, this has now changed the book from me being like, oh, now I hope you get caught. Now this is just I'm I'm aggressively anti you. Yeah, uh, you know um, where now his baby dies, and as opposed to like, wow, what a I know I think what you're going for is what an accurate snapshot of the world, like that the ending he wrote where it's like you will die. It's no longer an accurate snapshot of the world as it is the reader going good, like mm. you deserve this. Yeah, mm. you know you do bad things, and now they're happening to you. Well, fucking I, Robert, your overall uh, feelings on uh, farewell to arms. Uh, I you know I I don't it's I don't have a very well thought out. Uh, or even I, I, a formed, fully formed uh, opinion of that. I think I, like I said before, I was an English major. I said this outside. I was an English major in college and never had to read Hemingway, <laughs> which is strange, strange, right? It sounds yeah. strange, but it makes sense. I was a, I was a, I was um, I went to college at the dawn of the PC era, um, you know, ninety. 89 mm-hmm. to 93. And so this book would not have gone down well. It would not have been – it would have been – it's hard. You cannot read this book through a modern lens. No. Um, uh, and get, I found myself in the rabbit hole, the first half of it, the rabbit hole of gender, the rabbit hole yeah, of, of sure. um, you know, um, of, uh, of uh, sexuality. Um, of Hemingway's sexuality, of the whole thing. And I'm like, wasted so much time <laughs> looking at it like that. Yes. When, when I, uh, then I was sort of coaxed by him into reading it, you know, trying, trying to figure out what his lens was, the, the lens of the present and, and the, his past. So um, that, it's hard to recommend this book to everybody. I can't yeah, say oh, that yeah. I enjoyed it. I, I, I don't know if I'm any better for having read it. Um, I don't know if uh, I have any greater understanding of, of war than I did. It's definitely a different take. Yeah. But um, what I did appreciate the most was um, how, how simp- the most boiled down simplest language can be used in was to such great yes. literary and poetic yes. effect. That's yeah. That's totally. that's my takeaway, Rachel. Yeah, that's that's exactly my takeaway. Me too. I, I think it bare I, bones. Less I like mean, the bones more. Yeah, I like the skeleton I, I think, and not the heart. I think stylistically, I I came out of this going that is phenomenal writing. Yeah, <laughs> which is not the way I thought I would feel about it. Um, but I. I absolutely loved how spare it was. I loved how much was communicated via this spareness. And I also I also kind of thought it was a love story. And it might be a love story between two shells of humans who are monsters. I'm not sure. But like but it was fascinating and it felt sort of like almost like I wasn't worried about I don't like war stuff. I don't like 
anyway. Um, but it almost felt like you were walking safely through the war story because you were inside this armor of this emotionless mm. human yeah, yeah. who was just describing mm. everything. You were seeing everything through his eyes. You were experiencing everything through his brain, which seemed somehow devoid of anything beyond basic descriptions of what was going on and there was something very safe about that yeah right up until he, he tells you you will die <laughs> yeah in the lesson but he didn't describe the horrors and he didn't scare no, you he doesn't it was no. very simple and he doesn't describe it as glorious or horrible he yeah, yeah, just yeah. kind of but uh, i totally would recommend it to people actually and if it doesn't make me sound like an asshole to recommend Hemingway to somebody. But no like, way. Depends but, on the person. Depends on the but, person. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I was put off when you said we're going to read this, but then I was like, no, I'm going to yeah. do it, and I'm, uh, yeah. I'm really glad that we did. I'm so glad that you did yeah. as well. Yeah, I, I feel similarly to you guys, more to Rachel than Rob. I, I, I see it as sort of like a, a study, like a case. This is this is Hemingway at his best. Because what I haven't read all of his books, but a lot most of the critics say that so many of his books are fucking terrible. And <laughs> as his career went on, it just he like there's three books that he read that are basically unreadable. But when he was young and he didn't have he wasn't so caught up in the mystique of Hemingway. Yeah. Um, this is him to a T, and it shows like the confidence he had in that I don't need a paragraph. Fitzgerald and Gertrude Stein and. Das Passos or like all these guys, like they needed a paragraph to, to explain how beautiful a light is as it's reflected in a puddle on a Paris night. That's that's wasted energy. That it's according beautiful. According to him. According yeah. to him, yeah. And 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 I believe it, because there are moments in this book that I found really moving that were seven words. Mm. And I was like, that takes such confidence and also trust in your audience that they're gonna be able to put two and two together. He's like, I'm gonna yeah, give you a little bit, but you're gonna go there. So I I, again, I'm not sure who I would recommend this book to, <laughs> yeah. um, because it's more like just a case study of him as a creature and as a writer. Yeah. Um, it's like it's like a yeah. um, uh, like a dinosaur bone. It's like this artifact. That's like, what I was saying to my mother-in-law last night. I was like, as I was trying to, I was like, it's like a m museum piece. Yes, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how much I appreciate that. Right. So, like, where's the value beyond, you know, uh, beyond? Just going, oh yeah, yeah, and, and hearing Ed Bagley Jr. in your uh, in your tour, <laughs> you know, in, in your <laughs> that's what I hear. I hear yeah. Ed Bagley Jr. Well, I know, I, think, I know. know uh -huh, I'm going to recommend it too. There is a group of kids. I live over in Silver Lake, uh, <laughs> always skateboarding outside my house, and they're right at that like late 16, early 17, like teenager, super mopey emo. <laughs> fucking everything is hard. Every time I come out there, I'm like morning, and they're like. Ugh. These are the kids. Is it a like, morning? Yeah, those kids would be like, "Life's hard, huh?" Here, this is someone like, yeah, you're like, the, like, you're you're emotional, you're depressed. This is a man named Ernest Hemingway. You yeah. gotta give him Read a this. catch from the ride too. You know, oh, so true. they can right. up and phone. Some murders going. I, uh, I've never given gifts before to uh, to people in my book club, but because this is like this is not an easy book to read. It's it's <laughs> it, it's a, it's a lot. It's a big commitment. I'm real upset if this isn't food. Uh, Better be spaghetti. Oh yeah. spaghetti. Oh, spaghetti. I wish. No, I had I had Aww. to get something because um, <laughs> that's nice. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, it is exactly guy. what you imagine it to be. You it's, can open it. It's gonna be vermouth or is cognac or wine. Yeah. it's like my favorite store in Silver Lake, Barkeeper. 
This is all courtesy of Barkeeper. Oh, yeah, yeah vermouth. Sunset. It's vermouth. <laughs> it's a mini <laughs> bottle of vermouth oh, that you Dolan, can sip. Dolan Rouge? Nice. This is great. Just tear that shit, you. Rachel. No, I wanted to treat it nicely. This is, he just drank this shit straight. All right, I'm yeah. just Like yeah, an vermouth. old ladies, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, mine's uh, also vermouth. Hey, we got plenty of vermouths. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in to another book club episode of Reading Aloud. Huge thanks to Sam and Rob and Rachel. Thank you guys for doing this. Um, next month, we're staying on the classics, but we're moving up about 40 years. We're going to read um, Sylvia Plath's The Bell Jar, which Jesus is another Christ. laugh riot. <laughs> uh, so we're staying. It's going to get Airwolf heavier. Comedy Network. Yep. Tune in next month. <laughs> 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 But Lauren Lapkus is going to come in yeah. and improvise uh, yeah. Sylvia Brought Plath to you by MailChimp. MailChimp. Uh, MailChimp. MailChimp. You're going to die. Uh, so pick up, uh, pick up the bell jar. Read that. And again, come out and see us uh, Thursday, March 24th, 7 p.m. Uh, live reading aloud comedy show at, at 144 South La Brea. Come see us. And uh, we'll see you next week with more reading aloud. I love you, Nate. I love you, Sam. Bye. Oh, you hit me like a hurricane. Hey, how's it going? This is Chris Gethard. Hey, Chris Gethard. I'm Anonymous. Hey, Earwolf listeners. My new show is called Beautiful Stories from Anonymous People. Every week, I open the phone line to one anonymous caller, and I can't hang up first, no matter what happens. It's going to surprise you. I could catch this train. You're going to jump on that train? Yeah, I think I'm going to try and stay on the call. I don't know how much time we have. Ooh, I would love that. Move you. I would rather go out having done something or try to do something really great. Make you laugh. I also sing about poop. I love to sing about poop. It's beautiful anonymous. One phone call, one hour, no names, no holds barred. Listen on Earwolf.com, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Adam Sachs, and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.com